Welcome to Adventure Deficit. Join me, your host, Drew DeVries, as we expose the valuable depths of the outdoor experience. Visit AdventureDeficit.com for our latest in short stories, gear reviews, and videos. Sign up for one of our trips and prepare for the adventure of a lifetime. Adventure is medicine. Now let's tune in for today's dose. All right, so for today's show, I have a special twist to offer everybody. Uh, I'm going to switch seats with a friend of mine. He's going to interview me, and I'm going to share with all of you an adventure story from my past attached to a life lesson. So, Doug, share with us a little bit about how you and I met, and uh, then I'm going to offer you an opportunity to to trade places with me. Doug, how are you doing today? Yeah, Drew, really well. Thank you for the invitation, by the way. It's uh, great to be invited into your into your house, into your studio here, and to experience doing things like this. I get great enjoyment out of out of things like this. Yeah, we met uh, through uh, Ada Bible Church, and I think most significantly, uh, men's, men's retreat weekends. Yeah. Uh, and as my memory, as you've jogged it here in the last minute or so, uh, Drummond Island seems to stand out uh, because we've been on multiple trips like those with groups of men and just hearing each other's stories and really finding out what makes a man the man that he is is so incredibly, it's not just interesting, but it really helps us serve each other at a much deeper level. So that's where we uh, we got acquainted. Then uh, you came on board on staff at the East Paris campus there, leading men's ministry. And uh, man, what a joy. I mean, we had, had a great team there serving the guys. And I know you love men's ministry. I do too. And so that's uh, kind of how we got connected. Just reflecting upon some of the growth that, that transpired. A lot of that took place by me watching you and seeing how you interacted with all of your men, uh, seeing how you consistently performed uh your role within the church there and uh it's been a it's been a pleasure working with you well so. thank you uh drew and it was a joy to work with you yeah uh, there and i'm really excited for you in this next step yeah uh in terms of seeing what god's going to do as you reach a brand new audience yeah and take i think a lot of the stuff that you've learned not only at ada but through the entirety of your life and saying, okay, guys, and, and others, not just men, but hey, here's what we need to know. Here's what's really important. So yeah, as I mentioned, Doug's going to change uh, change it up for us today. Doug is briefed on our structure, on our on our format, and he's going to go ahead and ask me uh, all the questions that you've heard me ask others. So uh, I'm going to turn it over to him, and uh, we'll see how this goes. All right, Drew, thank you. So you're going to, in just a couple of minutes, tell us a pretty significant story, a story that uh, has not only some interesting pieces to it as you narrate it, but most importantly, I think the life lessons that you've learned as a result of that story. We're going to get to that in a couple of minutes, but just give us some background. Let's start with some of the basics. Uh where did you grow up? Kind of start uh, early on. Tell us a little bit about your family, and we'll go from there. Yeah. So grew up uh, in a family of five. It was my mom, my dad, and then my two older sisters. I was the third, and uh, we grew up in, in Jenison, uh, not far from Grand Rapids. 
attended the Christian schools. Um, I was part of the, the Christian Reformed Church. That was where my family attended. Um, so I was brought up with, uh, with quite a bit of uh, theology, uh, being, being a foundational portion of my education. Um, Bible memory, song sing-alongs, um, scripture reads, um, a lot of Bible classes uh, intertwined in the K through K through twelve really uh, curriculum. Um, played a lot of sports. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, soccer. That was kind of my my bread and butter sport. Uh, but I also always had a knack for uh, all things outdoor recreation. And when I say a knack, I had a natural aptitude for things like uh, balance for hand-eye coordination, for the things that would be required of, um, uh, of outdoor disciplines where you had to make uh, specific moves within a specific amount of time in order to avoid danger or catastrophe. Did, did someone introduce the outdoors to you? Yeah, I think by way of, of um, my natural propensity to, to go explore on my own, I ran into a love for hunting and fishing. And that was nurtured by a stand-in grandfather that I had. So by the time I was five, um, both my paternal and my, my maternal grandfather had passed. So uh, my dad uh, took it upon himself to plug into one of his, his uh, business mentors who stepped into the role of grandfather for me. And Blake was a, an avid outdoorsman, uh, taught me how to fly fish, cast a fly rod, uh, shot, shoot uh, both shotgun and, uh, and rimfire rifles. Um, showed me just kind of some of the basics of, of uh, more that, that traditional uh, hook and bullet type outdoor uh, vein. Um, moving on from that, I also had uh, a huge joy for things that were dangerous. I always wanted to, to climb rocks. I saw on the pages of uh, Outside Magazine, people who would be rock climbing on the, on the granite faces in Yosemite. Or, yeah, yeah, I like to read about those people in magazines. <laughs> I, uh, I would like to, um, to mimic them by taking uh, soccer socks and belts of various sizes and shapes and fastening my own harnesses out of them and finding, uh, finding whatever rope was laying around in the garage and uh, I can remember a time where my friend Steve and I actually uh, we got in trouble because we were scaling his his home chimney, and uh, <laughs> my sister, my oldest sister, who was babysitting us and came up the drive and was going hysterical behind the, the the windshield. And I remember I was holding on to the gaps between bricks, and I could remember looking over my shoulder and thinking, "Oh, now I've done it. Now I'm in trouble." And uh, my friend Steve had me on what we would we'd call belay, but I mean, it was really just a rudimentary version of what we could ever, you know, think safety might look like. And it was entirely unsafe, but I remember him lowering me down and we got a tongue lashing. So really no chance that I'm graduating from the chimney to say El Capitan. <laughs> no, I think Alex Honnold got that role. Um, but, you know... What, uh, what did graduate was uh, my understanding of how outdoor environments can shape masterful conversations and masterful growth for both individual and group. 
Um, so I actually, I, ma- I majored in uh, recreation, uh, graduated from a four-year program with a community recreation degree. And in that program, I was exposed to some, uh, some small group leadership theory and some outdoor uh, experiential outdoor leadership principles that have really guided what is now adventure deficit. Um, and just by the notion of, of getting somebody away from all of the, the hustle and bustle of the world, you can get access to somebody's heart. Uh, and uh, it's, it's transpired in so many ways that I really believe it. I really so see. you graduated from college and then became married and started your own family. Tell us about your family. So got married in 2009 to the woman to whom I'm married now, uh, Evie. And uh, we married here in Grand Rapids and immediately transitioned to Denver, um, set up our uh, rental home and started finding um, finding a community. So had uh, had five or seven families that we were very close with during that time and enjoyed spending so much of that time outside. Uh, we hiked, we camped, uh, we did some climbing, we uh, we skied almost nearly every weekend from, from December to April, we skied. Um, Denver's such a wonderful place to, to call home base when you're, when you're near Summit County. And, uh, we, we took every advantage to do that as much as we could. So, um, I had a handful of jobs, uh, from that time that I would say were a distraction, uh, from what my passion was. And when I say that, I think it's just easy to come out and, and say it the way that I see it now, uh, rather than to try and drag you through all the confusion that was while I was in the middle of it. Um, what I was chasing after Doug was, was quite honestly, I wanted status and I wanted it to be made through, uh, my, my job title. Um, I think growing up, I had a lot of, uh, of modeling that was, uh, really quite, ex- I had some really exceptional models and a lot of them had, uh, C-level titles. That's what I thought I had to have in order to succeed in this world. Um, so I found myself in a myriad of different industries and different entry level roles. And when I look at it now, I can see so clearly what I was doing, but then I just thought, uh, I, I just hadn't quite hit the right chemistry. And, uh, I changed jobs nearly 10 times in 12 years from my graduation date until, uh, until now. So, uh, I have been in automotive. I've been in material handling. I've been in broadline food distribution. I've tried, uh, experiential marketing, uh, custom in-house fabrication. I have tried, um, Oh, I've done some roofing. I've done door-to-door sales. I have had uh, enough experience in, in industries that I care not to, to follow up in to know exactly what I'm not supposed to do. So uh, I will say that um, that string ended and I gained traction towards something that I would, I would consider to be my calling in 2018. And that was when I had a, a friend and a mentor pull me aside and say, listen, have you ever thought about ministry? And, uh, as a matter of fact, I had, and, uh, it was very clear to me that 
some things were lining up in such a way that they were beyond my control. And uh, I just said, yes, Lord, I will, I will submit to this process in a way that if you'll have me useful within a role in the church, I would, I would delve into that gladly. And uh, I had the privilege of working with Ada and you all for the, for the last three years. And that was such a joy. Uh, but it's, it's become very clear to me now that um, I don't have to necessarily have a job inside of the church to bring God's gospel to the people who so desperately need it and so so desperately want it. So you and Abby are now married and you start your own family. Tell us about that. So we had our, our oldest in 2012, uh, a son. And uh, I'm just going to, because, because of... Uh, ages. I'm just going to leave their names out, but our oldest is, uh, is nine. Uh, we had him in 2012 in Denver. Uh, we became pregnant in 2014 in Denver and transitioned from, uh, Colorado back to Michigan to be closer to home. Uh, in 2014, we started attending Ada Bible and our daughter who's now seven was born, uh, in October of 2014. That was, uh, that was right about the time, Doug, that I actually had met you. That was, that was right when I started attending men's groups at Ada Cascade. Really? Was that Every Man a Warrior? It was. was yeah. Okay. Yeah, was. I remember that. Yeah. And then most recently, we had, uh, right, on, right before COVID broke out, we had our third. And uh, he's now uh, approaching his second birthday. Wow. So it goes by fast, doesn't it? It does. It does. So with, uh, with your three children now, you began to notice some things that needed to be identified and dealt with with your oldest, and that really is the story. Take us there. So this happened several years ago uh, when my oldest was uh, six, and kindergarten was upon him. It was, it was late August, and he was about to go uh, full-time into school, and um, there were some, there were some characteristics that he had developed that we could easily identify as being uh, outside of the norm. And, uh, frankly, my wife and I just said, something's up. We got to figure it out. How are we going to, how are we going to figure this out? And my background in, in recreation has always led me to understand that if you want clarity, head to the woods. So I fashioned an impromptu proposal and uh he bit he loved the idea i said hey let's go to a camp spot that dad's heard of uh that's uh, about two hours of a drive we're gonna camp by lake michigan and it'll be by this beach that nobody else has access to we're gonna have to walk our all of our gear into the the campsite and uh, he thought that was the coolest thing so we had about two hours to plan everything uh, the game plan was we were going to fill up our backpacks and uh, and head to Nordhaus Dunes National Lakeshore, uh, which is right above Manistee. And uh, we jumped in the car, loaded up the you know loaded up some snacks and put his uh, put his pack together the way that you would for a six year old. So he had you know stuffed animals. We had a couple of of card games. I think he had his favorite blankie and then his sleeping bag. And we put that in his school pack and called that his, his backpack. So uh, I carried all the, the heavy stuff, the, the food, the, the tent, the provisions and so on. But um, 
jumped in the car, headed to, to Grand Haven first, stopped at, we had to stop for a burger at Ray's and uh, they did not disappoint. So with a belly full of burgers and greasy fries, we headed up to, uh, to Nordhaus. Got to the, the Nuremberg parking lot and it was really a coin flip at this point, whether or not we were going to head south or north. And um, I had never been there. I had just heard this place uh, was, was amazing and I really wanted to go check it out. And I knew that the, the trails weren't so long, so I didn't bother to map it out. I didn't have a compass or GPS. I just kind of thought, you know what, I'll look at the, the signboard out front and uh, we'll come up with a game plan. So that's what we did. We headed, uh, we headed up the, the trailhead and after about an hour uh, of walking through the woods, we had already created an epic adventure. It was so cool. We had seen five or seven deer. We saw uh, a porcupine that was too close for me to be comfortable. Uh, but watching my son uh, mesmerized by this beast full of quills climbing its way. Slowly. Isn't it amazing how much bigger animals are in person? They always surprise. And uh, I don't think that will ever go away. At least I hope it doesn't. But at any rate, uh, we saw all kinds of awesome wildlife. Um, and by the time dusk settled in and the temperature started to drop a bit, um, I kind of started thinking, you know, we might not make it to this beachside campsite that I had in mind. Because to be honest, I had an epic vision of what, what this was going to look like. And it just, it wasn't happening the way that I thought it was. And I was trying not to put a dampener on the thing, but I was prepared to settle. And, uh, our son and I found a, a spot that was, um, it was suitable. It was protected from the wind and it was, you know, shaded and there was, uh, there was adequate flat ground for, for putting a tent up, but it just wasn't, wasn't quite what I was hoping for. So we, uh, we had an opportunity to, to make a decision together. And I kind of gave my son a bit of that decision. I said, well, do you want to push for Epic or do you want to, you want to settle here? And he was all in for chasing after Epic and boy, Am I glad he did because uh, 15 minutes later, Doug, we saw the shimmering light coming off of the waves on the big lake. And that was coming through all of the trees and the leaves. And from, uh, from about that point on, it was a dead sprint toward the water. And it was all I could do to keep up with, you know, a six-year-old just geeked on, on jumping into uh, the cold clear waters of Lake Michigan. And, uh, I followed suit. So we splashed and played for 20 minutes and, uh, put, put some dinner together. I showed him how to put a backpacking meal together out of a bag. And I probably ate way more than I should have of backpackers pantry. Uh, only, only beef stroganoff out of a bag tastes good in, in the woods. Uh, and when it tastes good and you're hungry, you eat far more than you need to. So, we had a lot of uh, just memorable moments, but I will say, Doug, the most memorable was when we packed up dinner, we cleaned up, and we started a little fire there within view of the water. And the sun was as low as the sun could be, where you, you just know you've got, you know, 30 seconds before it's, it's gone. And uh, the topic of school came up. And while we stared into that fire, my son opened up and spilled all kinds of fears and reservations that I had no idea he was holding on to. And it, on one level, on, on some level, it broke my heart. But on another level, it was 
so affirming of what we were doing. And uh, I learned quickly that he was just nervous. He was nervous about what bus he was going to get on, where he was going to eat lunch, how the whole, uh, the bathroom situation would work out. Uh, and I learned at that moment that my, my son's a bit of a con- control enthusiast. <laughs> yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Sawyer Products, specializing in insect repellents, first aid, sunscreen, and water filters. Believe it or not, I was on Sawyer's payroll. It's one of my first jobs outside of college. Uh, Today's episode talks about all of the jobs that I have had, and Sawyer was one of them. Um, hey, listen, if you are in this, if you're in the market for a new water filter, go check out Sawyer.com. That's the product that my son and I used on this very trip. It's small, it's stowable, and uh, if it ever acts up or backs up, you do have uh, all of the tools that you need to actually back flush that unit in the field. Uh, go to Sawyer.com for more or head to your local outdoor retailer. So there was a moment for me to speak some of my fears toward him and come full circle. Um, I was, I was nervous about a job that I was about to start with a church that was interested in hiring me as a pastor. And I had never served as a pastor and that brought a whole lot of unknowns. So together over the course of an hour, we sat and shared our worries together. And it was really, really special. There was some really cool bonding that went on during that time. And it was an opportunity to, to bring scripture into it, Doug. Uh, we turned into to God's word together. And I know for the listeners here who are believers, um, you can understand how incredibly impactful this was. And if you're, if you're listening today and you're, you're not sure about how special this is, or you're not, you, you have any questions about God's word, feel free to hit me up afterwards and we'll have a good discussion. But, uh, this was, this was a time for us to dig into to the Psalms. And we, we zeroed in on a Psalm of David that said, thy word, it's a lamp. It's a light unto our path. And, uh, I want, I so sincerely want my son to know that the trials and the tribulations of this world will continue to keep him where he was at that moment, nervous, scared, apprehensive. I want him to always know that he can turn back to God's word and it will serve him as a lamp uh, for his path. It it is trustworthy and it is true. And it was true for David then. And it's true for us today. So as a memento, I had an opportunity to just uh, to speak some, some scriptural truth to my son and then gave him the headlamp that I was using uh, to just, uh, kind of seal the deal. And, uh, he keeps that today. It's, it's kind of cute. He keeps it in his desk by his, by his bed. And, uh, I hope that that's a memory that that sticks with him forever. Well, I'm sure that it will. No question about that. Drew, several things kind of stand out in this story to me and maybe take, you know, just 45 seconds to a minute on, on each one. And the first is the power of the outdoors and getting away from the extremely hectic schedules that we all lead. Oh yeah. So it's uh, it's not lost on on you, Doug, that we live in a fast world. The world's faster than it's ever been. We have access to more information on more platforms than any other time in in history, uh, and it causes us to be incredibly productive. 
And on the flip side, it causes us stress. There's more anxiety and more depression now amongst teens than there ever has been. Um, I wouldn't say it stops there. My peer group uh, is very, very much similarly affected. Uh, I think it's, it, it's hidden better. I think it's coped with, but truly, I think a lot of us are hiding behind packed schedules. And I have always found that the outdoors offers us enough to, to strip all of that away. And by, by that, I mean, you're not worried about a conference call that's going to start in 30 minutes. If you're hungry and sweaty and you're not sure where camp is, the only thing you have on, on your mind in that moment is one foot in front of the other. And you don't have much more outside of that. And it just carries on, on and on and on. Once you get camp set up, your next priority is, okay, what am I going to do when I have, uh, what am I going to do with a kitchen? I got to set up a kitchen. Okay. Once your kitchen's set up, you've got to figure out your bedding. Once you got your bedding figured out, you got to figure out a clothes. How am I going to access my clothes without ruining the system that I'm, that I'm envisioning here? Do I, do I put my underwear down at the bottom of my bag or to put my underwear at the top of my bag? Where are my toiletries going to be? Your, your, your world gets small. And sometimes I think that's really, really restorative. Um, not to mention that's, that's not even including the, the grandeur, the things that we saw on our way to that campsite were, were magnificent. We got to see God's handiwork in his, in his flora and his fauna. We saw a, a raccoon the size of a bear cub mushrooms with colors that i haven't seen the big lake that's art the sun setting over a freshwater ocean while you and your six-year-old enjoy dinner out of a bag it might as well be a five-star dinner at a high dollar resort because that's the experience you get I heard a couple of other things that I think are pretty important. One, you didn't spend a whole lot of time planning this. Everything didn't have to be perfect for you to put this together very quickly. And then secondly, I'm overwhelmed a bit by the spontaneity that you guys experienced. Everything wasn't all planned out. So that's a double-edged sword. Um, And in today's world, I have paid a hefty price for forging my life around a loosely held schedule. It doesn't bode well in a, in a corporate setting for sure. And I think that was some of my struggle early on, to be honest with you. On the flip side, I can assure you that that would not have happened without some spontaneity. That would not, that moment of connection between my son and I, which is paying lifelong dividends would not have happened Had I not had the presence of mind to say, this matters, I'm going to present a reactive response to this, and I am going to become um, free for the next 24 hours to pay attention to what matters most. Some call that spontaneity. I call that being a good dad Um, in that moment. And and I don't want to make it sound like I get that right every time, because I certainly don't. But in that moment... uh, things aligned in a way where I go, that is impossible to have without having some flexibility within, within a schedule. So spontaneous. Yes. I think there are times also where, um, 
you need to understand that I, I wouldn't go blindside into a situation that would put me or my son into harm. And, um, uh, some of my background, uh, gives me the confidence to move into that space spontaneously, uh, nearness to home and familiarity with similar terrain. Um, spending a night in the woods is, is nothing new to me. And it's, it's very comfortable for me and dealing with, uh, you know, uh, figuring out how to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night with, with no toilet. Uh, that's, that's all navigable. So, so what I hear you saying is that you're really comfortable for example, wrestling with raccoons, should you need to do that? <laughs> that, that is not true, but uh, absolutely wrestling with a tent. Yeah, you bet. You bet. And, and let me ask you one more thing here that I think is pretty significant about your story, and that is how you concluded it with the power of just gathering around a small campfire and the opportunity for conversation that I think you're convinced never would have happened outside of that environment. Yeah. Of all the things that I just shared, I think the simplest piece, and as a matter of fact, I'm going to call this the life lesson, is this. Fires are cathartic. I don't, I don't care where you are. If you're, in, if you're in your backyard, or if you are at a retreat center, or if you're at a day camp, or if you are in, in some off-the-grid locale, staring into a bed of coals with those closest to you, uh, evokes some of the most sincere, authentic conversation I've ever been a part of. And I think that was, a, that was an integral role of, of the growth that transpired with my son and I. Uh, just staring into the coals of, of a simple fire with one other individual. There's, no, there's nothing else to talk about except one another. Powerful, powerful stuff. Real quick, uh, as you plan this, put it together very quickly. One, one or two items that you would say are absolutely essential to make a journey like this a success. Yeah. Got to have a tent. Tents are, are pretty optional for uh, a handful of the, uh, the ultralight zealots. If you're going to be camping with a youngster, they need to feel a sense of security. You've got to be able to provide that, and, and a tent will do that. So get yourself a quality tent. Uh, a two-person is fine, a three-person if you're a family, but I would say that's an integral part. Keep it under five pounds. Uh, anything over that, uh, keep it around five pounds, I should say. Anything over that becomes cumbersome and takes up too much room. Um, and you have to have a solid internal or external framed backpack uh, if you don't. Um, it's really tough to carry the amount of gear that you're going to need into that, that type of environment safely in balance. Um, as for your kid, anything goes a Jan sport or a Nike or an Oakley bag that they take to, to school. A couple of stuffed animals. You bet. You better believe it. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't skimp on comfort, you know, make sure that they have, uh, that security blanket or that game that you play at home, uh, bring some sort of, of comfort from home so that they can feel, you know, feel secure. But, um, yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to overdo it for, for gear. It's uh, it's pretty simple. So a backpack with a frame on it, a quality tent, and then sleeping bags. Man, Drew, thank you. Great story. Powerful story. Some amazing lessons from a quickly planned weekend getaway with your son 
a tent, a few supplies, and a couple of teddy bears. There you go. You got it. Hey, Doug, masterful job with the interview. Hey, if you guys are interested in checking out uh, adventuredeficit.com, there you'll find show notes for today's show. You'll also find some new offerings on the website. We have guided trips, and we also have uh, skills workshops for you local listeners where we're going to be putting together um, some group meetups and, uh, and bringing some local retailers and experts into the mix. We'll be doing some kayaking and some fly fishing, some mountain biking, and so on. So adventuredeficit.com. Uh, read our short stories. Check out our gear reviews. And oh, as always, uh, support us by listening to our podcasts. So, uh, Doug, thank you again. It was a pleasure being with you today. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's been a joy. Thanks, Drew, so much. I've enjoyed it a lot. We'll see you soon.